Hey, it's Addie and Ella, and you're listening to the Not Me But You podcast. Together we pray that in this episode, the message of the gospel will be clear, that it's not us, but him. It's not me, but you. Hey everyone, welcome to another podcast episode. Today, we actually have a special guest with us who has been on the podcast before, Pastor Aaron Moore. Do you want to say hello to our audience? Hi guys, good to be with you again. Yes, so me and Ella for a while have been working on a podcast on assurance of salvation. Mm -hmm. We have tried this podcast multiple times and finally we've decided to call in the big guns. Yes, (laughs) Yes, we've decided that we need some special help with this podcast episode. So here we are today. Yeah, we're really excited to have Aaron on the podcast with us again, and we did mention in our one-year anniversary episode that he listens to all of our episodes and sends us a lot of feedback, which we really appreciate. So we are really excited for this episode. It's definitely a big topic that a lot of people have questions about. I think everyone has questions about it, and so yeah, yeah we're really excited to dive into it. I'm excited too, and I was gonna say, yeah, I am. I am the Aaron Moore who made <laughs> Addie cry. So about and that, shields. there is actually um, some reason why I did that. So I'm gonna actually tell you a little bit of the backstory to it. Uh, and I don't think I've told you guys this, but no, backstory no. is, I went to Faith Baptist Bible College, and at the end of four semesters of theology class, you had to actually stand up, and you had to have ten theologies memorized. And then you would pick out of a hat a theology that you got, and then three professors would just drill you on it, and you had to answer every question with scripture. And it was like you're in front of your whole class, and everyone's just staring at you, and all that we had was an unmarked Bible. Like, we couldn't have any notes at all. And I got up in front of my entire class, and my mom and dad showed up to my (laughs) test. And it was like so – I was so nervous that – and but I picked – Christology, which is the study of Christ. And they started asking me questions and they asked me where Jesus came from. And I said that Jesus was created by God. And my dad in the background, like (laughs) slapped his head. And I knew that I'd messed up big time. So like when you got to that, I was like, Hey, I've done this before. So that's kind of, that's kind of why I jumped in on the, no, I appreciate it. I will admit There was fault there, (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Yeah, we've come a long way since then, but Yes, you have. Yeah. A long way. So with our assurance episode today, we are going to start off just by what it means to be saved. Yeah. Well, I think the big thing is that this is a a topic that is filled with a lot of fear for a lot of people. Um, We get one question wrong and we think that it's the end of the world. And I'm betting that this will be a highly listened to podcast just because everyone wants to know what is the secret right like what right. is what is the missing ingredient to assurance of your fa- your faith so for all of you let me encourage you with these three things uh, first of all it is possible to know that you're saved so like first John 5 Jesus says you know I've written these things to you that you may know that mm-hmm. you have eternal life mm-hmm. so it is actually possible but the second thing is that God wants you to know that you're saved like John 3:16 we love that verse but it says for God, so love the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And then the third thing is that revelation, not reason, is the key. So what God has said is more important than what you feel. First um, John and Galatians are the two main books that you should live in if you're unsure of your salvation. What God says matters more than how I feel because I feel like I'm saved one week and then not saved the next week. And right. that's what probably right. most of your listeners are in that that 
position. So the podcast will probably be long because we're going to get going. We have a lot of fun. Uh, so I'll dive into that first question. But I, I will say up front, my goal is to say not me, but you as many times as I possibly can. Oh boy. Maybe we'll have to like put an Instagram poll and say like, how many times has it been said? Correct answer. You totally should. Okay. You totally right. should. Because I love, I love that title because the reality is even when you come to assurance of salvation, it is not me. And it's not some feeling that you're going to get. It's got to be what God has said. So it's mm-hmm. not me, but you. <laughs> Dang. There's number one, everybody. That's actually not number one. I already said it before. Anyway. Oh, probably number it. five. Yeah, so what does it mean to be saved? It means that you passed from being dead in your sins to being alive in Christ. And it means that you traded your dirty clothes of sin for Christ's perfectly clean robes of no sin. Or it means that you've been born again is another thing that people say. And the reality about being born is you can't be unborn. Mm-hmm. So if you've been born again, you can't be unborn. And there's three ways, actually, that Jesus saves Sometimes I think when we talk about salvation, all that we talk about is the moment of conversion. Or it's been said, you know, that crossing the faith line. That, yeah, that idea yeah. of, okay, I prayed a prayer and I received Christ. But it says in Matthew 1 that Jesus came to save his people from their sins. And so even as you think about that, there's three levels, if you would, of salvation. Number one, we have to believe on Christ for eternal life. And Jesus saves us from the penalty of sin. That's mm-hmm. death. And that's the main topic that people are interested in. Like, am I going to go to hell? That's the question we're asking. Right, right. But that's just the first part. That's like past salvation. Some people call it justification. It's where you're made right with God. But then the second stage, if you would, is we're submitting to Christ leading in our lives. And Jesus saves us from the sin we struggle with daily, like cheating, people-pleasing, anger, lust, whatever it is. And so we're saved from the present power of sin Mm -hmm. called sanctification. And so that's what you guys have talked about a lot, like in your podcast, you're wrestling through, okay, how do I love God? How do I read the Bible? How do I pray? Like all these things, how am I saved from my present sin? And then the third thing is when we go to heaven, there will be no more sin and Jesus saves us from the presence of sin. So that's future salvation or glorification. But the key is it's not me, but it's you, Jesus, who saves us. Mm -hmm. So that's what it means to be saved. There we go. <laughs> Got another one in yeah. there. Yeah, that was like so much information in a span of about five minutes. You bet. <laughs> there you go. Podcast can end here. But our second question is, why does salvation actually matter? Like everyone's scared of going to hell, like you said, but yeah. why does it actually matter other than that, you know? Yeah, probably because you guys needed a topic for your podcast. That's one probably. reason why it matters. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it also matters because it matters where we spend eternity. Like all of us get that. It mm-hmm. matters what happens after we die. It matters to God because he loved the world and gave Jesus for us. And then practically speaking, it also matters because we want to see others come to Christ as their savior. Like that's mm-hmm. part of the reason you have this podcast is we need to talk about assurance because you want to be able to go out to your friends and tell them about how they can know that they would be saved. And so where we spend eternity matters and how we live our life matters right now. And the reality is, if you're not sure of your salvation, you're not going to be quick to share the gospel with others. Because oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. You're, what are you going to invite them to? Instability? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's right. like, well, I don't know, but let me tell you about this great news uh, that I'm not sure about. Yep. Let's so, all not know together. Yeah, exactly. So it matters because it matters where we go. And it also matters for having the gospel conversations. Right. I think that was really interesting, too, because when me and Ella um, counseled junior girls, we were asked by a lot of these young girls that question of, hey, like, I think I'm saved, but I don't know I'm saved. So a lot of that question that goes back to that. Why does salvation actually matter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So now that we've kind of talked about what salvation means and why it matters, how do we get saved? That's the golden question. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, I think the really important thing is you must believe what God says is true. Because if you don't start there, that I actually believe that there's a God and what he says is true, then what the Bible says about salvation doesn't matter. Right. And Hebrews 11, actually, um, we're doing a study of this in our church right now. It shows us that it's been by faith since the beginning of time. Like the first person in the Hebrews 11 list says, by faith, Abel offered to God an appropriate mm-hmm. sacrifice. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Joseph. They're all Old Testament saints. So this is a thing that's been throughout scripture it's by faith and plain and simple the gospel can be broken down into g-o-s-p-e-l uh this is from dare to share they're not sponsoring me i wish they were (laughs) dare to share which says g is god created us to be with him but o our sins separate us from god s sins cannot be paid for by good works so it says in isaiah that all of our righteous works all of our good deeds are like filthy rags Mm -hmm. p Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. And then E, everyone who places their faith in him has eternal life. And L, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. So basically, God opens your eyes to your deadness, and you see your need of saving. And then he opens your eyes to your Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And then you repent of your sins and believe and receive Christ as your Savior. Because your salvation is not me, but you. (laughs) Um, so the whole praying the prayer thing. Yeah. So is that, do you believe that that is like in these steps of salvation or, you know, cause yeah. people always go back to, well, I prayed this prayer. Right. And that's where you can end up with false assurance. We're going to talk about that just in the next question there as we talk about how do I know that I'm saved? Praying the prayer, um, one, you guys have talked about it already. It's, it's not just a magic prayer like that's Mm -hmm. that's not the reality the heart is what matters Mm -hmm. so like Cain and Abel both came to worship God both of them brought a sacrifice Cain's was not accepted Abel's was accepted why because of his heart both of them probably offered prayers to God but when Cain's was rejected he became bitter Mm -hmm. when Abel's was accepted he became better like he just he drew closer to God so I I think that there is a push now away from ever leading anyone into prayer and i think that's bad so we need balance in it Mm -hmm. because i mean it does affect us as christians how we understand the gospel because our friends need to hear the gospel and faith comes by hearing Mm -hmm. and hearing by the word of god and so we have to speak it like we have to have this conversation but then there's a story in acts where this ethiopian eunuch like he's reading the bible (laughs) as an unbeliever he's excited about it he's wondering what god has to say about salvation and God tells Peter, he's like, hey, go catch up to him. Peter catches up and Peter asks him a question, which is really important with sharing the gospel is ask questions. And he says, do you understand what you're reading? Mm -hmm. And the guy goes, how can I unless someone helps me? And that's what our job is as Christians is we just come alongside and we say, here's what the Bible means. And then oftentimes, like if you're talking to someone who's never gone to church, they've never been in a Christian home. They have no clue what prayer is like. Right. And so we're just loving them and saying, here's a way that you can express your heart to God is by praying this way. So I, I actually think that there's still a good a good reason for us to know how to lead someone in a prayer. But I don't just walk up to random people and say, hey, pray this thing on a sheet of paper and you're saved. Right. right. 
Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. And I think it's interesting to the Cain and Abel thing about their hearts because growing up, I've always been told like Cain wasn't his sacrifice wasn't accepted because he gave a bad one or it wasn't like as good as yeah. Abel's or whatever. It was Which, heart posture. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I've never thought about it in that way before. The main concept typically has been, well, Abel brought a blood sacrifice and Cain brought the works of his hands. Mm-hmm. But the reality is it was the heart posture. And to this day, um, like your podcast listeners, the people that we bump into at the grocery store, there are two different types of religions, if you would. One is the religion of Abel. One is the religion of Cain. Mm-hmm. Abel came with a humble heart that said, I need to be reconciled to God. And it's only got to be God that's going to do that because it's right. not me but you, mm-hmm. God, that does that. <laughs> and then Cain came and he said, I worked hard. I got this fruit. I can come to God on my terms. So it's the religion of works. It's mm-hmm. been down through the ages and it continues to this day. Yeah. And definitely. rightfully so, especially when people listen to your podcast, if they are coming with the Cain offering, if you would, of their own works, they're going to not be sure of their salvation because we can't even measure up to our own standards. Like you think mm-hmm. about the standards you set for yourself right? with how much time you spend on social media, with how you relate to your friends, with the fear of man. We don't even measure up to our own standards, let alone God's. Mm-hmm. And a yeah. really fun verse is found in Jeremiah 12, verse 5, where God says, if you get tired running with men, how will you keep up with horses? And the idea is if we can't even keep our own standards – how do we expect to keep up with God's? Right. Like we're not going to make it to God right. on our own good works. Right. I think it's interesting how popular like works over faith has been throughout the entire thing. Like it's obviously not preached in the Bible, but how do we keep falling into this trap for generations and generations and generations? Like that's what I kept thinking about as you said that. Yeah. That I think the reason we it. fall into that is because works stroke our ego and faith doesn't. Mm. Like if it really is, not me, but you, that is the way that we draw near to God, then the only person that gets praise is God. Because mm-hmm. we're like, dude, God, you're awesome. <laughs> I love you. I get to draw near to you because of your son. But if it's, hey, I had a good week this week. You know, I, I wasn't addicted to social media. I wasn't looking at stuff I shouldn't look at, whatever. I go, ah, oh, I feel pretty good. I can mm-hmm. draw near to God. But then you have false assurance because the next week, you know, you spend 12 hours a day on your phone and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't feel as good. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think that's the reason we fall back into it is because we like our ego stroked. Yeah. So our next question we have for you is how do we know if we're saved? Well, just like you have signs when you're driving, there are kind of some signs that you can look at to see if you're saved. I think sign number one is I have believed in Christ for my salvation. And that's going to be an assurance of the mind where you just go, I know when I was this old or whatever, that I place my trust in Christ for eternal life. Mm-hmm. So that's assurance of the mind. But you're more than just your mind. And so the se- second sign would be, I have tasted the goodness of God. And that's a, an assurance of the heart. And that's what you guys have talked about. Like when you open your Bible, I had it happen this morning. Like it was so awesome. You open your Bible and it seems like it's an audio Bible because it's God reading yeah. it, talking to you. You know, it's like, yeah. you go, well, this is awesome. Like you go to church and it's almost like the preacher wrote his sermon for you. And uh-huh. you've tasted the goodness of God. You've been strengthened in weakness. You've you've loved God. Mm-hmm. And so you have an assurance of the heart. And that's more of the feelings mm-hmm. aspect. But then there's also, I desire to be like Christ. That's the third sign. 
which is kind of an assurance of the will. Like, do you desire to turn from sin? So if you have those three things there, I know I believe in Christ for my salvation. Your mind's assured. I've tasted that God is good. Your heart's assured. And I desire to be like Christ. Your will is assured. But the opposite is true. And there are three signs that you're not a believer is, first, I believe in God or in my baptism or in my prayer. Mm. That's your false assurance of the mind. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I, I'm a pretty... I'm a pretty good person because this has happened. But then you have your false assurance of the heart when you say, I feel spiritual. You know, I, I feel close to God. Mm-hmm. Just the other day I was talking to someone and she had a really rough spiritual upbringing. We'll put it that way. But she felt close to nature. And so for her, she was very spiritual. But it's like that's a false assurance. It's right. It's like just because you feel something doesn't mean it's good i had a (laughs) i had a missionary kid that i knew who would actually smoke weed because it made him feel close to god it's like well "Ah, that's a false assurance of the heart like that's 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 not quite what god has designed and so and then even just i try to be a good person that's a false assurance of the will because we never measure up so yeah we can know that we're saved kind of as we look at our mind our heart and what do we desire mm-hmm. yeah all right so on the flip side of that what should you do if you don't know like you don't know if you are saved or not yeah first thing is you should read first john and ask god to show you if you're saved because if what we're saying is true then god actually cares about it mm-hmm. so like go to the book of first john not the gospel of john although that's a great one too <laughs> gospel of john first john and say god reveal to me if i'm saved or not and i got his permission for this but uh mitchell smith a cuff several months ago text me out of the blue 9 30 at night which when you have kids that's about bedtime for you mm-hmm. text me and says how how can i know that i'm saved and it's like the spirit prompted me and just said don't tell him <laughs> 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 wow. because we don't want to give a false assurance and i said well read first john and ask god to reveal it to you and kind of left it at that literally for two weeks like he read first john and Every time he read it, it was like, nope, that's not true of me. Nope, that's not true of me. Nope, that's not true of me. And God just began working on him. So the reality is the word of God shows us our heart. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that it says cuts the dividing of the heart, and it cuts right through there. So mm-hmm. read read First John. The other thing I'd say is read Galatians because it's possible that many of your listeners and we struggle with our salvation as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the main reasons is that as you read Galatians, you find out whether or not you're trying to live out your works by faith or by your own flesh. Mm-hmm. Like, am I trying to now become more like Christ in my own works or by faith in Christ? And it's actually not me, but you all the way through our Christian life. And Paul says in Galatians 3.3, 3, I love the verse. He says, are you so foolish? Or in our modern translation, hey, you idiots. <laughs> are is that you, in the message? Yeah, I, I don't know about that. More like the Aaron standard version. But he goes, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now completed in the flesh? Mm. And if you remember Philippians 1.6, where he says, I know that God is going to complete you then the reality is that we're not going to be completed in the flesh. So Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith and everything in between. So sometimes we doubt our salvation because we've actually 
gone back to a works-based relationship with God. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, God, I know that you forgave me by grace, yeah. but I also know all my sins, and so I can't come near to you. It's like, well, we yeah. we didn't come to God by our own selves in the first place, so how can we come to God by our own selves now? Right, mm-hmm. right. That's something yeah. I actually struggled with early on in yep. my faith, too, where I was hearing all of these stories of, hey, this is when I crossed the faith line, or I have this story and this story, and I was like, I don't have a quote-unquote story as everyone yeah. else has. Like, I feel like I've, not that I always known, but there's hasn't been a defined point and then I even had to walk through that of hey is my faith like is it works-based and I think when I realized I didn't have a story my faith was becoming more works-based because I was trying to live up to this certain thing and it took a lot of people to drag me through that and pull me back and be like hey like is the fruit of the spirit evident in your life and really walk Mm -hmm. through that and read scripture and yeah got to the point where I I am definitely assured of my salvation. I know where I'm going someday, which thank God for that. But. Yeah. The other funny thing that actually assures you of your salvation is witnessing. Mm, it's hilarious. Yeah. I've actually had conversations with atheists on days that I was struggling with my salvation and I went to talk to them and it was like, I was not backing down because I'm like, I know you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I, would, I went home and I was like, wait a minute. How in the world can I have that confidence? It's like, well, because... I stopped being so introspective and started actually thinking about the truths and the claims of scripture. So if you're struggling with your salvation, do a salvation study with someone else that you know is not saved. And as you go through, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I believe that. Oh, oh yeah, that's interesting. I believe that. So like, as we begin to see this truth come alive in others, sometimes we go, yeah, that's, that, that's happened in my life too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the introspection part you brought up is a good point too, because sometimes we're so caught up Am I saved? Am I saved? God, show me if I'm saved. Tell me, whatever. Yeah. But then it's so easy to just get so focused in what's going on in our mind and whatever that, I don't know. I think that's a good point. Yeah. So if I am questioning my salvation or doubting my salvation, does that mean I'm not saved? No. (laughs) Elaborate, please. (laughs) Go look up Matthew 28, verse 17. Matthew 28, verse 17 says, When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Okay. That's the context of after Jesus' resurrection, he goes up to be with his disciples. And so this is probably more than just the 11 disciples at this time because Jesus has already gone and killed himself. Right. But he goes to be with his disciples. It says, they saw him and what? Worshipped him. No. It says some doubted. doubted. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Some... Edit that out. I don't want the listeners to know I was wrong. <laughs> I'm kidding. Leave it in. Make her cry. <laughs> but like it says some of the people who saw Jesus resurrected doubted that he was actually the one true God. So some doubted. And even of those who were present, one commentator said even those that worshipped had doubt. And so the faith of those that are sincere may yet be very weak and wavering. And when we're doubting our salvation, we don't need to look inward, but upward, because it's not me, but you. Because it says in Acts 4.12, there is salvation in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And so again, just because we're doubting does not mean we're not saved. Um, Like I said, your feelings play a huge role in that. And Eugene Peterson, he's dead now. He uh, is the author of the message that we just made a jab at. (laughs) But great pastor... He said that our feelings are great liars 
We can act our way into feeling faster than we can feel our way into acting. Did you quote that in your sermon last Sunday? Yes, I did. I thought so. I, I thought I recognized it. Pastors recycle. <laughs> but it's so good. Like, it's so true because typically when we're doubting our salvation, it's I feel like I'm not saved. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm doing anything. I'm just sitting here introspect, looking at my feelings and trying to change my feelings. But our feelings lie to us all the time. So mm-hmm. That is kind of comforting to know that like... Jesus' disciples, these people in the Old Testament, literally saw him perform miracles. They saw him yeah. resurrected, and they still doubted. Yeah. So. We're in good company as doubters. That's good to... It's if comforting. disciples could do it, we can do it too. <laughs> Not that we should. I didn't say it was a good habit. <laughs> I just said we're in good company. Yeah. Another thing, though, that causes people to doubt is living in habitual sin. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a really, really common one. And so if you're stuck in habitual sin, it doesn't necessarily mean you're not saved, but it might. Uh, Think of it like this. Sin is a revealer, not a redeemer. So it's not me, and it's not my sin, but it's Jesus and his righteousness or sinlessness that saves me. So I must not look to myself as the main source of my salvation. However, it is often the main source of my assurance. The two are different. Like salvation and assurance are a different thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And this question has stumped me, uh, but if you flip it around, it's not as difficult of a question. So if a person came up to you, I'll direct this to Addie. If a person came up to you, Addie, and said, I desire Jesus, I love reading the word, and I enjoy going to church, does that guarantee that I am saved? I don't think it guarantees. Right. It doesn't guarantee. It reveals. Right? So it's like, hey, maybe, (laughs) because they're bearing fruit of a Christian, but you wouldn't say absolutely yes because, again, that doesn't reveal a heart posture per se. It just says this is likely that this person's a Christian. And I asked, I asked Mitch this, and he said it doesn't mean you're not a Christian to live in habitual sin, but a pattern of unrepented habitual sin more than likely means that either you aren't saved or you've idolized something in your life and need to evaluate your heart or that you're not leaning on God for strength and putting your faith in the fact that he will sanctify you no matter how hard you try and that you can't do it without him. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like we began in the spirit and we continue in the spirit and God has called us to be free. So it doesn't guarantee that you're not saved, but it's a really good time for reflection. Like, yeah. okay, do I desire the sin more than I desire God? And if you want assurance, there's a old dead guy whose name is J.C. Ryle, and he said this, where there is the most holiness, there is generally the most assurance. And so it's like, if I'm living in habitual sin, I'm not living like Christ, so there's going to be an aspect where I'm going, I don't, I don't feel like a Christian. Right. So it's a good time for us to evaluate it, but it does not guarantee that you're not saved. Mm-hmm. So probably two years ago, if I knew someone who was stuck in habitual sin or whatever I'd be so judgmental like how could you be a Christian and be doing that you know better but then this last my senior year I was really stuck in just not not good things habitual sin whatever and I know I was saved before that I know I was saved during that and I know I'm saved now yeah and so going through that experience has made me realize that like when I see other people who are struggling with that 
and dealing with habitual sin, that doesn't mean they're not saved. Yeah. We kind of take a sanctification issue and make it a salvation issue with sin. We're kind of like, uh, well, I'm living in sin, therefore I must not be saved. Mm-hmm. And and if Jesus were there, he'd be like, no, you're living in sin, therefore you're not submitting to me. Yeah. Because like, yeah. really what we do when we're turning from sin is submitting to the Lordship of Christ. Mm-hmm. We're saying, actually, I believe that you're right, that the path to great joy is through you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that... That's a really, really common thing. And typically we think of habitual sins and most of us, what comes to mind is sexual sins. But like if you put in the habitual sin of overeating, of people pleasing, of anger, of gossip, like all of a sudden the crowd of habitual sinners just got a lot bigger. Right, exactly. (laughs) Right, And we can habitually gossip and not doubt our salvation. And so it's a good time again Sin is a revealer. It's not a redeemer. Mm-hmm. Christ is our redeemer. It's not me. It's you. Our sin is me. Christ is the redeemer. Yeah. So we got to go back to that. Yeah. For our assurance. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. So I think you have touched on this earlier, but kind of bringing it back. Is it possible to lose your salvation? No. Because if it's not me, but you, Jesus, who saves, then it's not me, but you, Jesus, who can unsave me. And that's right. I said not me with you twice in the in matter the of like five sentence. seconds. Wow. Wow. But the reality is, I mean, think about it. Can you be unborn? No. You can't be. Why? Because you didn't choose to be born. It's not like you're just like in your mom's right. room like, oh, pick me. Like that's not, that's not the reality. And so if we're saved by Christ, then we can only lose our salvation if Christ loses us. And it says in John 10 that all that the Father give me will come to me and I will mm-hmm. no wise cast them out. It's not John 10. It's a different verse in John. John 10, 28 says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will be able to snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one will be able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. Yeah, you can't lose your salvation because, I mean, you think about it like this. If you have a whiteboard and every single sin you do is like a black mark on that whiteboard, it's a horrible illustration because it actually says that we're dead in our sin, not like we're kind of bad in our sin. Mm-hmm. But by the time you're 15, that entire whiteboard's covered in black. Yeah. Well, with salvation, we exchange our chalkboard for Christ's. Like it says, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, mm-hmm. to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. So on the cross, when we place our faith in that, Christ takes our sin and gives us his righteousness. Yeah. So until Christ's righteousness is not enough to get us into heaven, um, then we're secure as a Christian. Would that mean like this statement is correct that you could lose your salvation if it was based on works? Because yeah, yeah, because yeah. if you because if you can earn it, you can lose it. Right. right. It's like if you earn a million dollars, you can go to the casino and you can lose it. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't care how how long it took you to earn it, you can lose it right now. And since God's standard is perfection. One, we've never reached it, mm-hmm. but two, even if we could reach it, the reality is one sin and you're gone for. Yep. Right. Which, if you want another story, I have one. There was a guy who believes in entire sanctification, which means that you as a Christian can never sin again. Like, you what? can get to a point where you never sin in your thought, in your speech, or in whatever. So, this is back like in the early 1900s. And, uh, uh, Spurgeon, who's the king of preachers, was once in a meeting with this guy. And this guy said, I haven't sinned in 15 years. 
and Spurgeon grabbed a cup of water and threw it in his face. And the guy's like, what are you doing that for? And I got really mad at him. And Spurgeon said, sorry to break your streak. (laughs) (sighs) Because he got angry. Wow, that's a good one. There's one of our uh, fun side notes that I knew that we'd end up getting on. Whoops. Okay, so you told us we can't lose our salvation, but what about these people? I feel like it happens more, but maybe it's just because of social media nowadays. You see it more of people who renounce their faith, like Joshua Harris, the purity culture guy. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a Hillsong singer, Marty Sampson, who, you know, said he wasn't a Christian anymore and just things like that. So were they saved and did they lose their salvation when they said that they weren't Christians anymore? Well, I can guarantee you they did not lose their salvation. And even Rhett and Link, they're popular YouTubers, they came out as at least agnostic. Um, and they were, I mean, they were deep into Christianity, like sharing the gospel, witnessing. I think they were all with Campus Crusade for Christ. Mm. But I saw a joke in the Babylon Bee, which is a Christian satire site, and it said, contemporary Christian artist comes out as still being Christian. <laughs> and it was a joke about Skillet. And um, it's kind of funny because the reality is it's almost more cool to stop being a Christian today than it is to actually continue to live out your faith. Mm-hmm. And so I think the reality is the word renounce is the best word there. It's not like they stop believing. They just start believing in something else. Like they start believing in their own minds, basically. And they don't question the reality and the existence of their own self-doubt, their own struggles. It's just they, they kind of jump from one shit to the next. Mm-hmm. So like out of the frying pan into the fryer. I hate to call being a Christian a frying pan. That's not what it is. But the reality is you don't you don't go from believing in Christ to believing in nothing. Like you're just switching your beliefs. And so there are three types of people who renounce their faith. Uh, there are drifters, doubters, and defectors. So you know, as you look in scripture, you have drifters. Gomer was the wife of Hosea, and she ended up prostituting herself. And the reality was she loved him at first, and then as she began to just over time have her heart set on the things of this world. She drifted away from him. And sometimes we get saved. Uh, we become selfish, greedy, or proud, and we end up preferring the gifts over the giver. And some of these people are in the church, and some of them leave the church. Um, but the reality is I think these people are still saved. They just drifted away. Mm-hmm. The second group of doubters, again, I think they're saved, um, but they're people like Thomas and Peter. You know, They have hard times hit, and so they become sad, they become discouraged, they feel that God doesn't love them, they're worried that God won't take take care of them, and so they just begin to doubt. And again, these people can be in the church or out of the church, yeah. and we see that all the time. And here's a quote from Warren W. Wearsby, my favorite author, and he says, if we start to drift from the word, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, then we also start to doubt the word, chapters 3, verse 7 through four thirteen, and before long we get dull toward the word of God, Chapters 5, 11 through 6:20, and we become lazy believers. The best way to keep from drifting is to lay hold of the anchor. And so those are the doubters, and we have those times. I think we can go in and out of those periods all the time. Mm-hmm. But then the defectors, those are the ones who are unsaved. They love the world. They typically end up leaving the church. And it says in Scripture, they went out from us because they were not part of us. I'm very slow to label who's a defector because they haven't died yet. So like, I'm still hoping that Joshua Harris repents and that he's actually truly saved. Because if he's truly saved, he's miserable or he will become miserable in his sin. 
and the Holy Spirit will draw him back to himself. So I'm, I'm slow to say, hey, this person left the faith. They were never saved. Mm-hmm. Some, some throw that out really quickly. I'm a little bit slower to do that just because I know that I've had struggled with doubts in my own life. Right. And if I just had a really bad day and randomly posted on Facebook, like, I quit. This is dumb. I hate all of this. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, now I got to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. you know, yeah. So I'm hoping that yeah. they come back. And I hope yeah. that's the same for the Christian singers. Um, so the other thing is our faith is not built on other people's faith. Like, if your faith is built on a Hillsong singer, your faith is not built on Christ. Right. And what other people do should not determine the the genuineness or the level of our faith. It'll cause us to think about it. Mm -hmm. But just because someone else left the faith doesn't mean I have to. Right. And doesn't mean that my faith is absolutely not true. Right. I guess I've always kind of thought that when someone does renounce their faith or turn away or whatever personally I've always just assumed well I guess they were never really saved yeah you know but I think that is a good point how there's doubts there's driftings and whatever that doesn't mean they weren't ever saved right so you know so in 10 years 10 or 15 years if one of you guys just all of a sudden left the church we wouldn't want to jump on that board and say oh they never were saved Mm mm-hmm and so it's kind of along the lines of habitual sin. When we begin to see that we too struggle with those things, we can be a little bit more gracious with others. And Jesus was full of grace and truth. He didn't he didn't lie, but he also didn't um, jump all over the bandwagons of they were never saved. <laughs> yeah. Except for the Pharisees, he's like you brood of vipers. <laughs> You're not saved. He was probably the only one that could actually see through them correctly. Yeah. Kind of along those exact same lines, is it wrong to challenge or question another person's salvation? Um, I don't think it is, and I wish I would have loved Mitch enough to do it sooner. Mm. Um, I saw him pursuing the things of this world, sports, video games, girls, and one time I almost asked him, Mitch, what's different between you and your unsaved friends? And I never did. Mm. Um, But God in his grace did do that, so Mitch, he went off to college. He was gone. He didn't go to my church anymore. And he went out for coffee with his roommate or this, this guy. And the guy starts sharing the gospel with him about how Jesus came to save him from his sins. And he's going on through these Bible verses. And Mitch is like, dude, like I'm a Christian. And the guy said, no, you're not. Wow. <laughs> he goes, I've seen how you live. You're not a Christian. And like he had gotten to know Mitch, but he loved him enough to say, baloney (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you're not a christian and that is what ended up causing mitch to seriously evaluate his faith and become born again so it's like if i would have loved him enough i'd have been a little bit faster to say that or at least been bold enough Mm -hmm. to have that conversation so i even asked him and i said do you think it's wrong to question someone's salvation and of course he said no to do so with zero grounds is wrong but if you're doing it out of a relationship yes like if you're walking up to random people at school and you see them not living like Christ and you're like, dude, you're not saved. Look what you're doing. Mm. Scripture says we're supposed to speak the truth right. in love. So like if you see a friend of yours that's wandering away from God or that's not living at all like God but claiming the name of Christ, then you can kind of go and just ask some questions like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You say you love God. Have you talked to him recently? Like, is there any evidence? So it's not wrong 
to question their salvation, but you got to do it respectfully. And the way to do that is ask a lot of questions like what's been your spiritual journey to you? Who is Jesus? Do you believe in heaven and hell? Where do you go? Where do you think you'll go? Why? Like what are the general requirements to get into heaven? Asking questions goes a lot farther and a lot better than making accusations. Yeah. So that's really, really important. I learned that from this book I read called Tactics by Gregory Cook. Go for it. Something like that. (laughs) I know how to pronounce it. I'm just going to let her butcher it. it. (laughs) Just link it so I don't have to say it. But anyways, I learned that from that book. I thought those really, I've never thought about that before of just asking people questions instead of saying, hey, I know what's up and you don't, you know? Because his concept is, you know, you put a rock in their shoe. All of us hate rocks in our shoe. Mm-hmm. And when you ask a question, it's kind of like sticking that rock in their shoe. And they're like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I gotta, I've, like, I've got to answer this. Right. And so that's a really good thing. And speaking of links, another good link you should put in there is a book called Share Jesus Without Fear. And I actually, like we got trained in it and it's really helpful. It walks through a whole bunch of Bible verses to go through. And so if any of your podcast listeners want some resources, I have the thing called What what the Bible says about eternal life. Mm. And there's a YouTube link. Uh, so if we can connect that, that'd be mm-hmm. great. Or Bible truths about salvation. I've got one that's just a, a study of the gospel of John and it asks questions about salvation. So there's a lot of really good resources out there. Um, no resource is perfect because it's the By only human. perfect. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. uh, and again, as we go about this, I think it's good for Christians who are listening to this podcast to think carefully about how do we answer these questions because people have these questions. And so right. learning how to share the gospel is really important and it will strengthen our faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really think, like I said at the beginning of this episode, like everyone has these questions at some point in their life, yeah. questioning salvation, whatever. And I don't know about Addie, but I think this episode has been long overdue. So I'm glad we're finally taking care of this definitely agree long overdue <laughs> and long <laughs> Both. is there any other thoughts or anything you wanted to add in um again i think i want to re-emphasize it's not me but you <laughs> and so the way that we are assured in our salvation uh it's it's about christ and what he's done and i would really encourage you start start sharing your faith you're not going to be great at it at first um, if you want some resources, I can help you out with some some resources of how to walk through the gospel with someone. But as I've begun to share the gospel with others, my faith is strengthened mm-hmm. because you start to look outward. And that's one of the things that Jesus was constantly known for. It was he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So when we move out of our selfish bubble where the world is all about us and we need our feelings fixed so that we know for sure that we have eternal life, and we start actually caring about others and where they're going, assurance begins to follow mm-hmm. in that vein. Yeah. Yeah. Good. While you're talking, I was just thinking about, I remember the first time I shared like my faith or the gospel with someone who's in like third grade with a girl on the bus. And I, I hate thinking about this, but I asked her like if she wanted to be saved and she said, yeah. And so I was literally like repeat after me and yeah. <laughs> prayed this dumb prayer on the school bus. And now I'm like, she probably was not saved because I told her to repeat after me. Yeah. But it's embarrassing thinking about that. But the good news is God gives us grace yes, he does. and it's not going to be perfect the first time you share your faith or the gospel with someone. It, 
yeah. it'll get easier, hopefully. You're right. And the reality is, it's kind of like you're not going to hit a home run in every conversation. Right. And I don't think it's wrong to ask someone to pray a prayer after you actually just a month or so ago, I got to lead my first adult to Christ here in St. Ansgar. Oh, wow. And it was so cool. And like, I was using this, this sheet, the listeners can't see it, but I was using this sheet where we asked those questions. What's your spiritual journey to you? Who is Christ? And like when the person answers to you, who is Christ, you really get to the heart of what they believe. Like, Mm -hmm. is he a good teacher, a good guy, or is he savior Lord? Like what are the definition words that we use for that? And I walked through all the verses with him and like I had to read them for him. He was not quite ready for me to read them to him. But then we got to these five questions and listener, honestly, I'd encourage you to think through these questions. Are you a sinner? And that's what I asked him. And he's like, yes. Like, all right. Second question. Do you want forgiveness of your sins? Third question. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross, was buried and rose from the grave for you? And again, this guy's like, yes, yes, yes. And that's, and are you willing to believe, receive, confess, repent, and call on Jesus to save you? And he's like, yes. But then there's another question. Are you ready to do that right now? Mm. And for this guy, he, he finally was. And some of you listeners, you might not be there right now, but he was. And so I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this prayer to you, see if you understand it and agree with it. And if you do, tell the Lord. And so here's the prayer that I read to him. It's Lord Jesus, I know that eternal life is knowing you in a personal way and a free gift that's not earned by my good works. I understand that I am a sinner and cannot save myself from eternal destruction. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to save my soul. I place my trust in you for my salvation. Lord Jesus, forgive me, cleanse me of my sins, and save me. I am willing with your help to turn to you from sin. Help me to live for you. I accept the free gift of eternal life. Thank you for saving me and preparing a place in heaven for me. In Jesus' name, amen. And so like for him, he repeated that after me. But again, it's like, if you just repeated that, it's a heart issue. It's not, hey, I prayed this prayer. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I agree with those facts and I'm placing my trust in this. And yeah. this is the way that I am showing expressing that. it yeah. Like, yeah yeah it's so accepting the gift yeah it's accepting yeah. the gift this is how i'm receiving it like the gift's mm-hmm. been offered this is how i am receiving it so listener uh, if you might have just prayed that with me reach out to the podcast let them know that's one of the reasons we're here because mm-hmm. not me but you and jesus christ <laughs> saved you not a podcast not a prayer and so we hope that that happened in your life even today yeah um so in that you talked about how like you know, you might answer yes to all these questions, but you're like, I don't know, I'm just not ready to pray this prayer or to accept this or whatever. So what would you say to that person who's like, I want to, but for some reason I just, I'm not ready? I'd ask what's holding you back. Because a lot of people have had a really bad experience with Christianity and it's been forced down their throat. Right. So for them, there's maybe fear. Uh, Maybe others, they have a, a secret sin that they're like, yeah, but if you knew about this, like if you if you knew about this, there's no way. And so then you have an opportunity to say, okay, let's talk about it. Um, but you don't ever push someone into a decision. And it's kind of like, if you get to that question, are you ready right now to place your trust in them and God? And and they're like, nope, I'm not. You go, all right, thanks for listening. Thanks yeah. for having the time. Like, thanks yeah. for talking with me. 
So you don't you don't force a decision, but you can at least ask. You mm-hmm. ask some questions. Maybe we'll have to do a podcast on evangelism sometime. That's Ooh. on our list of future <laughs> items, but we have a long list. I so. believe that. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Dishwasher. Dishwasher make noise. noise. <laughs> well, I think we've covered all our questions today. So thank you very much for joining us for a, another podcast episode. I'm sure there will be some question that we will come to to make an episode mm-hmm. again. We'll be like, we need Aaron's help again. So... <laughs> You will probably be on here once again, hopefully. That's all right. I'll probably listen to this podcast and send you a review about how poor of an answer one of the people had. <laughs> and since it. I answered all the questions, uh, we know whose fault that is. We'll reply the text back. Yeah. Forward it back. <laughs> Thanks again, Pastor Aaron, for joining us today. And we will be talking to all of you guys in a future episode. Oh, hey, you're still here. While you're still here, just one more thing. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching Not Me But You Productions. And make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Thanks again for listening.